0: We would like to acknowledge and respect the traditional owners of the land on which we are recording as its original custodians, along with their customs, traditions and their special relationship with the land.
1: D&D Borderlands! Yes! I was for that one to come up.
0: Welcome to Switched On, an entertainment podcast by Swinburne University's The Standard. I'm your host, Emily Spindler, and today we're talking about the recent PlayStation Showcase and all the announcements coming out of the event. This week, we're talking to Standard reporter Mitchell Glynn and Standard pop culture section editor Theo Tunks.
2: I'm Mitchell Glynn. I'm a a student for Media and Communications at University of Swinburne, doing a major in games and interactivity and journalism. And uh, I'd really like to go into the games media side of the industry. It's something that's really interested me.
1: I'm Theo Tanks, I'm the standards pop culture editor. Uh, and I also am doing her Bachelor of Media and Communications with uh, uh, majoring in both journalism and games and interactivity at Swinburne, exactly the same as Mitchell.
0: So I'm Emily Spindler, I am the co-editor of The Standard, I used to be the section editor of the games and tech section, um, and I'm also a media and communications student at Swinburne. Um, and would also absolutely love to go into games media it's a huge passion of mine so I did want to start off by getting your thoughts on the showcase overall
1: uh well whenever Sony does a showcase you can pretty much guarantee that they're going to have some heavy hitters I've never seen them do a showcase or a presentation or anything of the like without having something at least one massive thing uh and they knocked it out of the park with this one they had about Five or six. We've got God of War, Ragnarok, you've got Spider Man 2, you've got Wolverine, you've got so much coming out from some really big uh, studios. So I think this was a great one. For sure. I really enjoyed it.
2: The biggest problem wasn't the actual content that they produced, it was more just the pacing of the actual show, I felt like. So that was probably the biggest positive is that the actual what they were showing was of high quality across the board, really.
0: Yeah, 100%. I definitely agree as far as the pacing. I don't know if you also found this, Theo, but I felt like it was quite slow to start.
1: Yeah.
0: I, yeah, I was sort of sitting there going, oh, we are we going to start getting the kind of big stuff? Because they've not done a huge, huge showcase in quite some time.
1: Well, I mean, I came into it, um, I watched it a bit later than everyone else. Uh, so I knew what was coming which I think uh, kind of altered my perception of um, everything. So rather than, you know, feeling this is a bit slow, I don't know what's coming kind of thing, uh, it was more along the lines of, I know exactly what's about to come. So I'm just excited for when that's finally shown.
2: Uh, I do think one thing that uh, hurt that pace early on was um, Alan Wake Remastered being uh, leaked already. If that was an announcement during the press conference, it would have picked it up right up for a game that had never been on a PlayStation console. To come to the console that would have helped it a lot but unfortunately with the leak it just didn't do what they hoped for.
0: I think definitely particularly when everything's kind of online announcements as well it becomes really difficult to hold off from leaks getting out I mean they were difficult even before this so it can be really hard to maintain that hype when Things are constantly just kind of whispered along through all different social media.
2: But we've still got a couple of things.
0: Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Do you guys have any standout announcements from the showcase, like something that you were either super excited for or just didn't expect?
1: I mean, everything within the last 10 minutes. <laughs> that
2: that like was ours? the highlight for sure. Yeah. For me, God of War just took the cake. In terms of like, because what they they're trying to build this real big, big cinematic vision almost for the God of War franchise now. And I think that f- trailer across the board basically perfectly solved what they were going for in terms of the the epic story, the combat, and just the scale of the whole world itself. It just really hit the mark,
1: I think, especially ending off the show as well.
0: what do you reckon Theo any standouts in particular
1: we're talking about um, all of the you know gigantic reveals like Spider-Man 2 Wolverine and um, uh, God of War Ragnarok and all that but I really want to give a special shout out to Chia the Mm. game that's uh, based off of the New Caledonia and inspired by that that looks gorgeous absolutely up my type of alley and Oh, it, it is really good to see that something like that actually get a huge reveal, like it did at the PlayStation Showcase. So I'm super, I'm actually super stoked for that.
0: Yeah, I obviously wasn't really expecting that because I went into it just mainly thinking about those big titles. But Chio looked fantastic. I really liked, I guess, mm. the concept of the kind of like switching into animals and then going on a little yeah. adventure, and just to see like New Caledonia as a setting for something i thought it was really interesting as well because obviously we do get really hammered home with that kind of european grimdark fantasy stuff for a lot of things so it's nice to see a bit bit of variety
2: i think we have multiple games in this showcase based in new york so <laughs>
0: yeah,
2: <laughs> that too. i mean
0: and i guess to follow on from your standouts and these might even be the same games but were there any games that really surprised you as well something you just didn't expect was gonna come out?
1: Spider-Man 2.
0: Um,
1: I actually didn't think we are gonna see more of that until a lot later on, and it's definitely Wolverine. That I had no clue about. I don't think anyone did, so that was a big standout for me. Yeah, I mean, Insomniac, uh, we don't know how they're doing it,
2: but uh, somehow they keep revealing things at every single press conference. When, exactly. I assumed we wouldn't see Spider-Man 2 after they started off with the Wolverine reveal and then they faked us out and gave us the Spider-Man <laughs> yeah. as well. So it was just a huge surprise.
1: Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I, I just don't know how Insomniac has the time to do, be doing all the games that they're doing. I mean, they've had both as uh, uh, Spider-Man recently then the new Ratchet and Clank then they just released Miles Morales then they've got Wolverine and now and Spider-Man 2 I mean there's so much
0: stuff coming from that when
1: a game studio like that I would only expect to produce a game like every two or three years
0: yeah 100% and I do agree Wolverine was probably the big surprise for me um sort of like a blink and you miss it because it was quite a short little teaser as well but um I'm, I'm very keen for it I'm keen for kind of a I guess grittier Marvel game um yeah Insomniac is really kind of churning really fantastic games out as well I think is the other thing like a lot of game studios, I don't know if you feel the same way. A lot of game studios, when they're kind of churning out those games really quickly, you kind of get low quality games or they're not quite finished or they need a massive patch. So yeah, I don't know, they're they're doing well.
2: And nothing's feeling the same for them either, which I think is important. It's not just cut and paste each each time. You've got, you're going from Spider-Man to Ratchet and Clank Mm -hmm. to Wolverine, sounds like it's going to be a much more emotional driven story. Compared to the other two, which are a lot more fun, so it's a great change of pace between
1: each franchise for them. Mm. So I would semi disagree with them. Um, the Spider-Man being like you know lighthearted and fun, especially with what happens in the first game. Uh, but yeah, it definitely shows that um th- they can do whatever they like. Insomniac, I'm I i do not want to like do comparisons, but I would almost say that there's like the rareware of today almost. like just they can take on any genre and it seems like they can just knock it like set the standard of doing that genre.
0: for Sure and do you think I guess with the amount of Marvel titles they are working on slash have worked on do you think we might see a bit of a trend here in future with collaboration between Insomniac and Marvel? I know that there was a few kind of games commentators who were saying that they think we might kind of see a Insomniac Marvel cinematic universe but within video games so I did want to get your thoughts on that
2: it's definitely an option it's not I don't know if I would ask for it but I wouldn't be against it either it just depends on the quality of the titles really um clearly Disney has some sort of trust in them if they keep handing out their IPs to them but it would be it would be interesting to see how it will work especially if it's all coming from the one developer because that's a lot of work to do
0: yeah i would be concerned because i guess i've seen this trend in a lot of game studios so for example ubisoft churning out assassin's creed games and at first they were fantastic and then there was kind of that period of time where they were bringing out game after game after game and it got very it it really went downhill for a while there i feel like personally they've picked up as a complete aside and a whole other discussion since but um yeah, I, I would be concerned that there we might kind of see that start to happen with Insomniac.
1: Yeah, but I don't think that might, that's going to happen, especially when you consider how many other developers are actually working on different Marvel games. I mean, we've recently heard that Firaxis is working on um, the Marvel's Midnight Suns. We've got Square Enix, uh, Crystal Dynamics working on um, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy and the Avengers game. At the same time, it could happen with like what happened with DC, then they got picked up by Warner Brothers, and now Warner Brothers can only Warner Brothers can publish their games, and then they just handed it off to Rocksteady, and basically every DC game is being published, uh, being made by them now. So,
0: I did actually want to touch on the Guardians of the Galaxy game because that was also in this showcase. Um, just as a quick aside, I don't know if it's just me, but after I guess seeing the MCU for so many years with Chris Pratt as Star-Lord, it was very uncanny valley to see a a different face for Star-Lord. I don't know.
1: It it was the same thing with the Avengers game. Look, I'm a semi-defender of the Avengers game, but I will admit that it has its flaws. The the best
2: part of the Avengers game is its story, which they didn't advertise. Yes,
1: exactly. Um, But... With Guardians of the Galaxy not being online and not being grindy, I think it could be good. Um, but that one I'm actually not holding out hope for, especially after the first Avengers game. There's no way around it. They can't use their likenesses, and they do the best that they can, which I don't know how I feel about, but it is what it is.
0: Yeah, for sure. The, the Guardians
2: showcase, I mean, it, it just looks like a very safe game almost, which is not what I would have wanted from the Guardians title like when I I think of like from what we've seen from Guardians in the MCU it's always stand out amongst the crowd in, in terms of the the landscape and I mean I remember watching it back at E3 that that really long presentation for it and it never really stood out to me.
0: And I did just want to quickly ask going back to kind of the overall showcase before we dive further into some of the specifics of the games. Is there anything that you guys feel the showcase has missed? Um, I know Mitchell you've been writing up a story for The Standard about this um, so I'd love to get your thoughts on this.
2: They've held back what I think is quite a bit in terms of actual titles. I mean Herman Hulse said back in May I think it was that PlayStation Studios as a brand had upwards of 25 titles in development, whether that be first party or second party is unclear. But um, I mean, we know of things like, uh, I mean, Horizon Forbidden West was not here for obvious reasons as it just got an update. Naughty Dog, we know of what seems to be a Last of Us faction standalone game. They haven't officially revealed it, but there's been job hirings and uh, they split it off from Last of Us 2. And to not see that is uh, was a bit surprising. I was expecting it coming into this,
1: so that
2: was probably the big one that I thought was left off.
1: It'll be weird seeing Naughty Dog make a game that isn't story driven uh, and may- mainly multiplayer. So, if that's the if that is the next game, I'm not complaining. But at the same time, I don't think I'll play it uh, at least for for more than a few hours at most. But apart from that. There were some big names and I didn't want it to be any longer than it actually was. I think 40 minutes is the perfect time for a showcase like that. You, you've got to, I think they did a good balancing act with giant games versus smaller games. It would have been better to, like you said, to have the, some of the giant games paced throughout the, uh, throughout the actual showcase. I, I think they needed something like they, they've got more there that they're not showing us.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think for me, The Last of Us Factions multiplayer game that's been kind of rumoured throughout. I mean, to be honest, Naughty Dog has kind of been pretty overt with saying that they are going to be making it. It's just a matter of when and where. Um, But it was definitely odd to see, I guess, what I consider one of PlayStation's kind of golden children, not really have more of a presence in their showcase, so particularly after the huge success of The Last of Us Part 2 last year. I thought they were going to kind of be a bit more upfront, but it is what it is. To move on to some more games that were actually announced, um, I know that Knights of the Old Republic is getting a remake, which was a bit okay. of a surprise. Uh, what, what's your first thoughts on that announcement?
1: How the hell are they doing it? I have played that game. It is the most PC game of all time. So I want to know how they are making that on PS Five. It, it probably
2: was the biggest shock, other than Wolverine, in term just for never being on. PlayStation platform I'd say yeah
0: yeah and particularly because that's in my mind that's like a classic game that has a very very what's the word a very dedicated fan base and it pushed a lot of boundaries back when it was released and I'm interested personally to see how they're going to I guess remake it without it just being fixing up the graphics Um, while still kind of retaining the Knights of the Old Republic kind of mood, ethos, the core of the game, I guess. Is there anything you think that they might be adding to it beyond kind of updating graphics or any thoughts on what we might expect to see from it?
1: They said that they're rebuilding it from the ground up. So I'm thinking it could almost be like the Crash Bandicoot situation. So where it's a whole redo. Um, I don't know if they'll get new voice actors in though and I kind of wish that they don't but also at the same time I kind of want the main character like the, uh, no spoilers as to who the, like as to anything in the game but um I want them to have a voice I know that's a uh, kind of controversial to say but I've never loved a voiceless um player character in a video game uh, so I kind of hope that that changes but possibly not
0: I think in recent kind of game release history a lot of games have been shifting away from that voiceless main character so I I also hope the same because I personally enjoy being able to hear who's meant to be me kind of talking but um, I guess we'll have to see. Do you have any more thoughts on Knights of the Old Republic? The
2: the problem with the term remake nowadays at least it's such a broad term like we've got I mean, even you look at something like Alan Wake Wake Remastered, which has redone models and everything, but still looks like the old game. And then you go all the way way to the other end of the spectrum, you've got stuff like Final Fantasy VII Remake, which is virtually a new game. And it's where it fits in that spectrum, it's going to be interesting, whether it's just redone graphics with the same gameplay or if they try and completely redo the gameplay. I'll be intrigued. They've said very little so far because it's clearly quite early.
1: Yeah, But um, yeah. I'm intrigued to follow this one. For sure. I'm wondering who hasn't played it yet. I mean, it is on every, it's on pretty much any console known to man. Because you can play it on your iPad now.
0: I've definitely seen gameplay of it. I kind of know the whole vibe. I would be really interested to yeah, give it a crack.
1: I, just you by the sounds <laughs> of it. Okay. So so evidently I'm not I, I just a lot of people I know have actually played it but mm-hmm. but also I'm a bit of a buyware whore, so I'll play it meeting by them. Yeah, look fair.
0: Um I did also want to touch on kind of circling around nice the old republic. There was a lot, I mean, this is a trend for pretty much any game announcement, but there was a lot of kind of remakes, reboots, sequels using already existing IP. There wasn't a lot of kind of original IP that came out or was announced at the showcase. And, I mean, For Spoken is probably the main one that comes to mind as one that was kind of fresh mm-hmm. and new. Obviously, there was a couple. But I guess what are your thoughts on why we keep circling back to these sequels and reboots and remakes
2: they make money the unfortunate reality of the business it, it is a
1: business so they've got to do what makes
0: the money that's fair enough
1: <laughs> i mean everything uh, everything's either based on an existing property uh, like even if it is a new technically a new ip so the wolverine game is technically new but it already like wolverine as a character already exists so i think that's just sort of an indication that you know, you can take a, a character, basically, and, but put them in an entirely new story. So I think that's somewhat of a middle ground. The last time I played something that I think was truly original. Uh, I'm playing Deathloop right now, so that's probably the most recent yes. truly original game I've played. I,
0: I definitely want to touch on Deathloop a little later because I would yeah. love to chat about that.
2: I would add that um, in that interview I was talking about with Herman Hulse where he said there was 25... 25- over 25 titles in development, he did say that I think almost half of those titles are original IPs. So there is stuff in development. It's just unfortunately not a, a lot of it was shown us today.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I guess I am personally interested to see, because obviously, yes, reboots, remakes, s- sequels, they, they do make money. They're kind of a safe bet. However, I wonder at what point the kind of, audience and consumer interest in them wane enough that they stop making money because I feel like that at some point has to be an inevitability. I don't know if that's just my hot take on it, but at some point people don't want to play a 23rd Assassin's Creed. They don't want to play another Call of Duty. I don't know.
1: I mean, we're nearing on, I think, 25 years of Marvel, so uh, of the MCU, so, I don't know. And I still think that that's got a bit of juice left in it. Uh,
0: yeah. I feel like Marvel's good because it's a, at least to me, it's kind of constantly evolving and there's kind of more to be seen there. But some games just become extremely formulaic and it can get very old.
1: Yes. Uh, as we saw with, I think, uh, Car Porn 7. <laughs> How are they change? I I would love to know, like an expert's opinion on how those games change over time, like FIFA and well, uh, Gran Turismo Seven. It looks like the same. I don't know what they're doing that's any different from the last one.
0: To be fair, so Gran Turismo, you know, not quite my jam, but. Uh, Another example of a car-based game that I actually think really seems to be pushing boundaries and doing new stuff is the new Forza that's coming out. I actually thought that was interesting and I was actually keen to play it, which I thought was quite big for at least me personally because they're, you know, not my type of game. So it it could definitely be done, but I would love to know how they're doing it for Gran Turismo.
2: Yes. I think the difference would be that Gran Turismo 7 is very simulation-based, whereas something like Forza Horizon later this year, it is aimed, as an arcade racer, is aimed more for a casual audience. So they're able to sell it better for the broader audience, such as people like who, do, who don't play racing games usually.
0: Yeah, I definitely think, obviously, that has a huge factor into it. I did want to talk about God of War Ragnarok a little bit. We obviously got our first proper look at it and confirmation that Ragnarok is, in fact, the title um post showcase interviews did confirm this would be the last in the Norse saga so I did want to get your thoughts on just the reveal overall but also given the title what do you hope for how the end of this kind of saga is going to play out
1: I would love it to be as close to Nordic myth as possible but with everything that happened in the last game I don't think that's what they're going to do especially considering uh, the ages of some of the characters. I would really like this to definitely wrap up everything that's going on between um, Kratos and Atreus, but also I don't want th- these games to end. And I know that Corey Barlog has said that he really wants to branch out into all of the other mythologies that are out there. And they've been hinting that the next one could be Egypt, which I'm super stoked for. So I don't want this to be the complete end of the God of War series, but I'm happy that it's the end of this, uh, the Norse saga. Otherwise, I think they could just drag it on a bit too long.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think there's going to be some fresh life kind of breathed into it as well due to the swapping over of creative directors. So Corey's taking a bit more of a backseat to work on other things. I think it'll be cool to see.
2: I I like the choice of ending it off with this game. I think keeping it condensed, since they've introduced so many characters already and so much lore within the last game, they can really focus on just hitting that story right this time as much as they did on the last one as well. They did a good effort to establishing this Nordic world, which they can now just it's almost just this big playground for them with Atreus and Kratos for them and building that story. And I think they did a really good job, as I said earlier, with the trailer in advertising that and showing it off in conjunction with that gameplay that we just grew to love in the last game.
0: Yeah, definitely. I'm super excited for it. I think that was probably one of my standouts from the showcase personally. I did also want to touch on uh, another really exciting, kind of more story-based game that is coming out and was shown in the showcase in a bit more depth. Um, So Forspoken had that kind of longer trailer that looked more into the story, into the graphics and gameplay. What are your thoughts on Forspoken? Do you have any? Okay, that
1: one looks cool. (laughs) I'm not gonna lie. I actually do love the look of that one, especially with uh, the amount of color that that game has and all of these different locations that it looks like it's going to have and the fact that you could just be a badass witch.
0: Yeah, I absolutely love the dynamic of, uh, I guess, like kind of normal person thrown into super kind of, what would you call it, supernatural circumstances, but also having quite a, a sassy, know-it-all, uh, sentient piece of armour or clothing. I don't know. It's a seems like a trope that I've seen in other things. I find it quite funny. I love it. I, I think it'll be interesting when it comes out and I would absolutely love to play it. It's also good to see as well, um, this kind of was across a few of the games, there's a lot more kind of well portrayed female protagonists which is always what I of course love to see so um it was nice to see kind of another game in that in those ranks I guess yeah I did also want to touch on uh another really fun game that we got a bit more of a look at so this one got obviously a big look in at E3 but Tiny Tina's Wonderland d Borderlands Yeah. waiting
1: for that one to come up
0: yeah so yeah. um I, I think it was absolutely amazing that they paired Baby Metal, the Japanese band, <laughs> yeah. in the trailer. Um, and there's definitely guns, lots of guns, which is always awesome. good to see. Um, but yeah, what are your thoughts on this one?
1: I have never liked Borderlands. Uh, that's controversial. I am going to love the shit out of this game. I can guarantee you that. Uh, that everything about it looks right up my alley. Except for the fact that it's Borderlands, but I think I can
2: get over that. Yeah, when I literally for my notes when I was watching this conference, I I go through, and the first thing I write for this is as whack as I expected, which is (laughs) yeah, exact. Like just watching this, it's just so much going on, which is perfect for the tone that the game is going for. Mm. I've never actually played a Borderlands game as much as I've wanted to, but um this exactly what I expected from it it'd be nice to see more but then again at the same time we know what's coming from it basically it's not going to be anything special in terms of story it's just going to be fun can I
1: just give a shout out to Tiny Tina being just the best DM possible (laughs) just being just uh, saying if you're asking why are there guns in my in my fantasy world Shut the hell up.
0: Yeah, there are look, guns that's... because I
1: say there are guns. It's it's like every DM I've ever had.
0: Standard dungeon master moves. I love it. Yeah. I do agree with you, Mitchell, as far as like I don't feel like I know what else they could really show of it until it's properly released because I think games can kind of fall into the trap of being shown too much. And two examples of this from the showcase are Deathloop, which was released not that long after the showcase and has had so many trailers and also Rainbow Six Extraction. Both of them have had quite a big look in at a lot of different events and I don't know if that's to their detriment or to their benefit. Do you have any thoughts?
2: Like literally when this came up I was like it's not unexpected for Deathloop to be here but it shouldn't be here (laughs) and the best piece of marketing that this game could have done was wait for the reviews to come out because the whole view on the game is completely switched since the reviews came out. Everyone was so tired of seeing it from every, basically every conference that Sony did. If they had just waited for the reviews to come out, like it would have had a much more positive look in when it released as much as it has been good since it came out. The craziest thing is that they haven't been, they've never been bad trailers. That's the, they've always been fine trailers. It's just that it had been so often.
0: Yeah, it sort of gets to a point of how much more of the game you can see before you kind of feel like you've already played it.
1: Yeah, from mm-hmm. what I can say from actually having played Deathloop, you've seen everything there is to offer just by watching the trailers.
0: Yeah, it's an absolutely fantastic game from what I've seen of it. And obviously the Rave reviews kind of are a testament to that. It's interesting to see another kind of Groundhog Day-esque game doing well because I feel like that trope has been pretty tired out across a lot of different forms of media. I think it's a really interesting gameplay. It's a real shame that it's kind of dropped the bundle on accessibility, but that's a whole other conversation to be had. It seems to be doing well, which is good, but I don't know if the same can be said for Rainbow Six Extraction when it comes out. I guess we'll have to see. So obviously Sony and PlayStation have moved away from E3, which has been a kind of controversial for some move. Um, Do you think that PlayStation's move to standalone showcases instead of participating in E3 has paid off for them?
1: Well, it does mean that they can put absolutely insane intros to their showcases. I thought they were announcing a new battle chess game. I'm not going to (laughs) lie.
0: Yeah, it's just that cyberpunk-esque ad for the console itself. I just think that, like, personally, I don't know if it was the wisest option because now it leaves, I guess... This gaping hole in E3 that Microsoft is able to step up and fill and they kind of got to be the heavy hitters of E3 which is obviously such like a widely viewed event within the gaming kind of realm.
2: What it does allow them, it allows more flexibility for the developers I'd say. They're allowed to create their own presentation when they know that they have everything ready. So instead of having this arbitrary deadline of we need to dumb this gameplay demo by E3, they can go, all right, what can we get by a certain point in order to create a successful marketing for our
1: console, basically.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: So it has its ups and downs. I think that it's great that Sony is now able to just let the games speak for themselves rather than have all of these people on stage saying, this is what the game is. And like, and I'm like, well, can you show it to us? No. <laughs> oh.
0: <laughs> I thought it was also quite interesting is probably the right word, that they didn't really touch on the fact that PlayStation 5s, the consoles themselves, still prohibitively difficult to get pretty much anywhere. I was expecting a bit of an update on where we might be at with that, but there was a bit of radio silence in that regard.
2: The the chip shortage, unfortunately. Mm. Across the board, that chip shortage is just hurting most console sales. So
1: I think that's going to be long-term. And so when people can get a console, they should get a console if they want to get the PS5. So you may, like, no waiting for a cheaper price, because I don't think that that's ever going to happen, unfortunately. Easier said than done, though.
0: Yeah. yeah. Look, if I can get a console by the time that Spider-Man 2 comes out, I'll be happy. But uh, whether that eventuates, I, I don't It'll know. It'll be pushing it. Yeah. yeah. Look, I can do my best, as we all can, but it's rough it's rough <laughs> i wanted to talk about ghostwire tokyo that was shown at the showcase yeah so i thought it looked absolutely fantastic it was really cool to see a game with more horror elements um mm. i just about crapped my pants watching it i thought it was pretty spooky but also it was it just looked cool i guess at the end yeah. of the yeah
1: it looks like horror persona 5 in a way so yeah i'm Super interested to see like what's going on there.
0: Yeah, I think it'll also be interesting to see more of the combat because one of the people that worked on the combat of 2016, Doom, is working on it, mm. which is very exciting. It's a really talented team that's working on it, and I yeah. I really want to see more of it.
2: Well, it was originally shown, it had this really ominous CG trailer, which I was so into, and then the, the last couple of trailers i shown, mm. there's been been more... Bit more fast paced and frenetic and I've as they've come out more and more I've grown more comfortable and enjoyed it more because they've shown off more of those horror elements that I was hoping for so yeah I think this trailer I connected with a, a lot more than some of the previous ones that it's had especially with the protagonists I think they did a good job of selling it
0: yeah for sure I just wanted to grab, I guess, any final thoughts that you had on the showcase as a whole or any of the games that got spotlighted.
1: Yeah, like I've been saying, perfect length. As someone with ADHD, I can't sit for more than 45 minutes uh, at a time, so I'm glad that it was the length that it was. Uh, I also did like the in-depth discussions that they did with the post-interviews. And so the fact that they were sort of split up um, kind of, really helped someone like me so I was able to watch the post show a bit later but all in all very strong showcase I don't think that they could have done better if they tried except for maybe like you said the pacing issue maybe have your bigger games scattered a bit further throughout yeah I thought
2: it was I thought it was a good showcase the the pacing was the biggest issue I'd say but um unfortunate external factors affected that I think the what they showed what in terms of games we already knew about, like God of War, like Gran Turismo, I thought those were really strong and perfectly showed off what the vision they were going for. And then the, some huge surprises, which was exactly what they needed. And yet, it's still I'm still excited by the fact that I still feel like they're holding back in terms of what they actually have in store for second half of 2022 onwards, because we know a lot of what's coming in the first half of 2022 with our Forspoken, Gran Turismo 7, Horizon Forbidden West all lined up for that first half. So I still feel like they're holding back and that is exciting for whenever we see them next.
0: A massive thank you to all our guests this week. Mitchell Glynn's story on what wasn't shown during the event is up on the standard now, and Theo's Deathloop game review is coming soon. The PlayStation Showcase is available for viewing on the PlayStation YouTube channel now. This episode was hosted and researched by Emily Spindler-Carruthers, edited by Jane McLucas, and the producer is Adithi Kuti. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok at Swin Journalism, Instagram at Journalism, or check out our website at theswinstandard.net. Thanks for listening.